Have you ever had one of those months where everything just seems difficult? And I'm not talking about a little bit. I'm talking like to the nth degree where it's almost a period of darkness. I've been pretty fortunate since I started my personal development journey not to have really experienced that. Uh, That is until this month. (laughs) And I have had to really work hard to stay together to get through this last month. And that's what I want to talk about in today's visit to the self-improvement room. Hello, good morning, evening, afternoon, night, in the middle of the morning, in the middle of the night, wherever you're at, I hope you're having a better week than I am. And I don't usually say that. But there's some stuff that I really want to get off my chest and hopefully turn into some really positive positive lessons uh, in this episode of the Self-Improvement Room. I am your host, Christy Davis, and I am usually quite positive. But I think that if you're coming and spending time with me each week because you're looking to improve your life and you're looking to improve yourself, then it's important that I share these moments or these particular time periods in my life where shit is just not going good. And instead of just complaining, I would like to talk to you about how I am making my way through this particularly difficult, dark months in my life at the moment. And I've really thought hard about how to talk about this because there's been a real lot going on. And it's very, very important for me that the focus not be the things that have happened, but rather how I am dealing with them, how I am coping with them how I'm looking after myself and making sure that I'm moving forward, not staying stagnant and not moving backward during this time period. All right, so I think it's best if I start with giving you a bit of an overview of what a typical kind of day or week or month looks like in my life. So at the moment, we are building a new house, which is a big job. Uh, Well, I'm not physically building it but it's still quite a taxing a taxing thing to do but in saying that I am incredibly happy and incredibly grateful that I get to do that so that's not a problem that's not an issue at all Uh, I am still playing gigs on the weekends Uh, two years ago or three years ago I was diagnosed with something called thoracic outlet syndrome which uh, basically makes it incredibly painful to use my arms. So like lifting them up and doing my hair and playing instruments and doing those things actually really, really hurts unless I keep up with physio. Uh, I can no longer stand and play music, but I can sit and play at my gigs, which I like to do because it keeps my arm moving. So I still play gigs uh, on the weekends, usually three weekends out of four. I am working on my coaching business. So I do leadership and mindset coaching. So I'm building that business and creating content for you guys, which is really important to me as well, because I love sharing what I've learned and where I've come from 
in regards to my personal development journey and it gives you the opportunity to hear what I've been through, to hear what I've done to overcome what I've <laughs> the kind of things that I've had in my life and hopefully that is helpful to you. So I'm doing that. I also own a music school and I have 120 students so and I have two teachers under me that I'm mentoring so I'm running that um, mainly alone but I do have um, I do have a wonderful person that works with me with my social media and things for the week so that is helpful but in regards to actually running the school and the lessons I do that my husband and I have a business in music where we create music for tv and film so I am trying to write and record for that as well and on top of that I have recently started uh, my counseling degree uh, because I would like to complete a doctorate there are a lot of ideas that I really want to research and put out to the world to uh, to hopefully make a difference so I'm doing those things and I'm being a wife and homeschooling my daughter so I'm being a mum to her I have my son who is going through his HSC so I'm being his mum and I have my stepson as well and so you know it's a juggle life is a juggle and I love it because my brain works really fast uh I get very bored very easily. So I've always got a lot to do. The only time that becomes difficult to manage is when firstly I know I've taken on too much, which at the moment with some of those things I have taken on more than I should have. And I'm trying to pull back on that. But the other time is that it is difficult is when things happen that you just do not foresee. And in the last month, that has been the case. And it started with, it is almost a month ago, and it started with an incident actually that is not even related to me but very, very deeply affected me. Uh, A young boy, just 14 years old, in our community was run over in a hit-and-run accident and... He lost his life, but he wasn't found for seven hours on the side of the road. So this deeply, deeply rocked our community. And this young boy goes to my kid's high school and I live next door to the high school. And the impact that it had on us as a community was incredible. I cannot even fathom the impact that it would have on his parents. Gosh, you'll have to bear with me here. I, uh, I have to take some moments <laughs> to pause through this episode. And uh, yeah, I can't begin to imagine how that must be for his family. And as I said, I'm not sure entirely why, aside from the situation being quite tragic, um, it's it's had an incredibly emotional impact uh, on me and that was something that I struggled with for, well, I'm still struggling with it clearly, but really struggled with it because my son had messaged me the morning after it had happened and 
this had happened, uh, you know, just up the road from where I live. So my heart is really with this boy's family. And a bunch of my students at my music school were his friends. So that was something that we had to talk about (laughs) almost every lesson for the week because there are a new bunch of kids coming through each lesson. And they were really struggling with losing their friend in such a tragic way and being so young, not really having the tools to to process that kind of loss and understand why perhaps it happened the way that it did. So that's something that I really had to um, work hard to give my students the support that they need uh, and the empathy that they deserve and, you know, still feel myself that overwhelming sadness um, for this young, beautiful boy. And so that week, um, that had happened on the Friday and that week was difficult and obviously going into the following week that is when I was talking with my students mostly and I had lessons Monday and Wednesday and spoke with students about him and they reminisced on the type of beautiful, funny, stubborn person he was or so I'm told he was. And it got to Thursday's lessons and I was teaching and we had, again, spoken with the new classes. And it got to my second last class and I received a text message that said my son, Jaden, had been in a major car accident and that I really needed to get there and the car accident had taken place at the roundabout less than 50 metres from where young Bryson lost his life. So I was stuck in my classes, which I love my students and I would never leave and never put them in harm's way. So I was in my class looking after my students and wondering how I'm going to get to my son who has just had a car smash into him, spin him off the road to the point he ended up on the roundabout and had to have police rip his door open to get him out. Uh, So I had to... Thankfully, have have beautiful junior junior helpers who were able to stay with the class while I was able to ring and organise um, my husband to get there quicker than I could. So I cancelled his lessons because he's also a teacher and asked him to run around the corner to where my son was and you know, make sure that he was okay and stay with him. And then I rang his dad and his dad was able to get there. So uh, we made sure that he got there on time uh, because the person that hit my son was at fault but was also trying to 
encourage my son to commit insurance fraud. Uh, so uh, my husband thankfully shut that down and as did his dad. And I spent that night uh, waiting in the hospital for my son. He was okay but he was completely overwhelmed. He was meant to have his trial HSC exam the next morning. Obviously he couldn't have that but this was his third car accident since he started driving in April and not one of them were at fault. The first one was during his first P-plate test. He didn't even get in the car and somebody having their L-plates reversed straight into his car right in front of him. Uh, And the second one, he was at a set of lights and a university student ran at the back of him. But this one was, it has had a really big impact on him and he's going to need some extra support to, to get through that and to get back in his car and comfortable with driving. Uh, so he was very, very, very lucky not to get hurt any more than some whiplash and smashing his head on the window, um, which smashed the window. But his car is completely written off. So seven years old, he's um, now relying on a higher car and we're sorting that out for him and I'm just working with him to, you know, make sure that that he's okay. Uh, he's already got the stress of the HSC, which you, if you have one of those children who care a lot about their results, uh, it can be very, very tough already. So that was, you know, quite quite a bit of weight to add to his already high stress level <laughs> and mine. And so we got through that, which was on that Thursday. And then Friday, my sister and my family, where our siblings are all very, very, very close. Uh, and my sister rang and she said, you know, my, my niece, Piper, she's just seven years old. She's not very well. And she had had uh, it's not a tonsillectomy, but I can't I can't remember what it's what it's called. But it's when they shave your tonsils, so they shave them till they're almost gone. And I think maybe even the adenoids, I'm not sure. But uh, she went and had this surgery, and she was fine for a few days, and then she got quite ill. So her legs started hurting. She had had a temperature, and my sister said, "We just we've taken her to the hospital." So um, you know, just just letting you know. And they took her to the hospital that day and night and my sister called me Friday night and she said she's really not very well and we're just waiting for the doctor to come and see uh, see her and see if she has to stay. And I said, okay, no worries. Well, I've got to see a client in the morning, uh, which was Saturday morning. I said, just, you know, uh, send me a text because I can't answer during that time. She called, <laughs> which I said I couldn't answer. And then she left me a text and said, you need to call me. So I finished my session and called my sister and she said they've admitted Piper and she may have to go to ICU. And I was like, why? <laughs> why? She's seven. Like, why does she... 
have to go to ICU. And so I went to the hospital as soon as I finished and the team of paediatricians came in. So she had three paediatricians and they explained to us that they found that she had strep throat, which is, gosh, it used to be popular many, 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 many years ago, but it hasn't been really around anymore, but is currently going around. And whether she had that before the operation or soon after, they don't know. But that infection, that bacterial infection, has now gone into her blood and caused sepsis. And if you know what sepsis is, you know how dangerous that is. So they had to work very quickly to try to raise her blood pressure to keep her out of ICU. Thankfully, they had already, well, thankfully for us, but not thankfully for another family, they had already dealt with sepsis being caused from from strep recently. So they had a really good plan in place, um, a really good protocol to follow. And they put her on the antibiotics and she got better over the over the course of that week and we were quite happy and she came home and I'd promised her because she loves to well she loves money <laughs> she very much likes to buy her own things so I said there's a $20 note here in my wallet and it's for you so she got out of hospital and she says don't forget that 20 bucks you owe me. I thought, you must be feeling better. And uh, so we were feeling pretty good about that. And then things went downhill again. And she's got a possible abscess in or near her hip. Uh, and she's back on IV uh, antibiotics. And we are just waiting to see how she goes and what this abscess is doing and they're telling us that you know it's doing some strange things that they haven't seen before and I don't like to hear that (laughs) because you just never know where that leads to because they don't know Uh, so that's kind of where we're at right now and I'm trying to be the supportive sister uh, um, the supportive mum supportive wife you know I have things that I need to do for my business I have responsibilities and so I am doing four things to try to work my way through what seems to be a really difficult time and to be honest um, as upset as I am I don't feel terrible I don't feel depressed or like I can't handle things uh I feel a bit exhausted but apart from that um I feel I'm handling you know this much much better than I ever would have ever before so the things that I'm doing for this are taking some time firstly for sadness and you know it's never great to dwell on something but you absolutely have to recognize when something is very difficult And when it requires you to take a moment to be sad. And with the death of Bryson, 
that requires moments of sadness. You know, that requires for me to take some time out to be sad, to grieve, even though I don't know him or his family. It is still a significant loss for our community. Uh, It's a significant loss for my students. So I need to take time to be sad. I need to take a moment to be grateful that I have my son still, but recognise that he is now struggling far more than what he was through his HSC. So I'm taking a moment to be sad about that, but again also grateful. Uh, I am taking a moment out to feel about my niece and for my sister and as her auntie it's she's just a tiny little thing she's only seven and she's been poked and prodded and had that many needles uh, and she just doesn't understand why because as far as she was concerned she was going in to have an operation that was going to make her sleep better and feel better and that so far has not happened at all So, you know, I'm just taking a moment out to have those feelings for myself because if I try to give, 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 give to everybody else and not take notice of my own feelings, then I may find myself at a point where I can't give anymore. So that self-care is always there. That time for sadness needs to be there. It just can't be there permanently and it can't be something that I'm dwelling on all day long. Uh, I need to take time for self-care, which includes maybe just sitting down and reading a book or watching a movie. I actually don't read books. I listen. I can't read a book. Uh, it doesn't sink in. But, you know, some some self-care for me looks a lot like going to a cafe and just having a cup of tea or a hot chocolate uh, just maybe a massage, maybe a little bit of retail therapy. I'm not really a shopper, but sometimes I just like to buy something new. <laughs> so taking that time out to go, okay, well, I just need a moment to care about myself. So I've got something to give. Sleep is a big one. Uh, sleep is something that I'm really trying to make sure I'm getting enough of. And that can be very, very difficult going to bed at 9.30 through the week and getting up at 5.30 to um, to go to my training. So I train MMA, mixed martial arts, four mornings a week. And it can be difficult to go there, um, you know, at 5.30 in the morning when I've had gigs all weekend that finish at 1am. So, you know, your sleeping pattern should never really be thrown out more than half an hour. So that's something that I will absolutely and am processing um for myself seeing if I can find a way around that but for now that's how it is and I need to make sure that I take the opportunity to get quality sleep quality sleep is needed for our brains to recover for me to be okay mentally for me to be okay emotionally and even physically so sleep is is a really really big thing And the last thing that I'm doing is really trying to maintain perspective. So when it comes to our 
community loss of Bryson, there's not really a perspective that I can put on that that's ever going to make any of us feel any better. So I'm not doing that because I feel like if I was to say, well, you know, at least it wasn't me, (laughs) I don't feel good with that. I don't feel good about saying that because I don't even think that. Uh, So for me, I'm not going to put a different perspective on that. I, it, it is what it is and it is sad. But in regards to my son's accident, uh, as I said, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that he's well. I'm grateful that he's in one piece. I'm grateful that even though his car was written off, uh, he was not. <laughs> so that's, um, that's something that a perspective that I, I look um well, I use to look at that situation. And as far as my niece goes, that can be a difficult perspective um, to change. But for me, really, uh, I am looking at the value that we can take from this, which is we now know that we've got one hell of a tough niece. (laughs) That is for sure. Well, I've got one hell of a tough niece. My sister is... um, being really strong for her daughter. So that's really showing her that she's got unbelievable strength and it's also teaching her about her intuition. So she's followed her gut feeling every time, even when the doctors have said no and she hasn't been wrong yet. So that's an incredible lesson for her and just an incredible reminder for me to always know that your gut will not steer you wrong. So, uh, as sucky as the situation is, it's teaching us a lot. And there are a lot of lessons um, that we are learning that making us stronger and helping us to grow. So looking at it from that perspective um, can really, well, it's really helping me through. So yeah, that's uh, that's my month so far. <laughs> I have no doubt it will improve. But I did want to share it with you because It's been really tough and I feel like I'm handling it really well, but that's only because I have been looking after myself. So it really does make a difference when you care about yourself, when you are consistently working on yourself and your mindset. If you're going through a really tough time at the moment, I can empathize. I certainly don't know how it is in your shoes, uh, but I know it's challenging in mine right now. So I empathize and I recognize and uh, I hope it improves for you very soon and I hope that you can use perspective to help lessen the burden and I hope you take time for self-care, take time to be sad if the situation requires that and really make sure you get your sleep so that you can be well rested to deal with the things that life sometimes throws us or the challenges that life sometimes throws us. So, yes, that is today's visit to the self-improvement room, visit number 23. Uh, Thank you for sticking around if you're still here and listening and letting me offload some of that uh, pressure and weight. It's, um, It's appreciated and I hope that it helps you in some way. So... Uh, I'm not going to do any questions or answers today. Uh, I'm just going to leave it there and wish you all the best. And until next week, stay safe and stay well.